There is a candle in every soul. You're listening to Lit Speak with Some Patty Sheen on Bob Talk Radio. Some dark and There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes it Good morning and welcome. Here we praise the truth in God's creation through the ideas inspired by human imagination. During this hour, we hope to ignite your candle that you may use it to brighten the darkest corners in your world. morning again we're so welcome we're so glad you've joined us right here on literally speaking right here on blog talk radio and the road less traveled internet ministries as you join us on this journey we invite you to listen for an idea that will inspire you to tap into your imagination today is tuesday march 17th and it is saint patrick's day and i have on my special hat can you see oh, i have on my special <laughs> green shirt well, Derek, I know you like history, so I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Do you know when and where St. Patrick was born? Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> back in like 400. Well, you're fairly close. Okay. He was born in 387 A.D. Okay, Do that's you know? 13. That's only 13 years away, considering the time span. You're doing pretty well I here. Guess, yeah, that's right. Now, can you tell me where he was born? Uh, I don't know. I know he went back to Ireland. I know he was kidnapped and then taken. And then he had a dream by God to go to the coast and then uh, had another dream uh, and, and went back to Ireland, became a bishop in the Catholic Church, and sooner or later became the patron saint of Ireland. Where was he born? Well, he was born in Kilpatrick. Scotland. Scotland, okay. Yes, yes, okay. Yes. Now here's another question. Okay. Do, you, do you know what his real name was? No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it was Maywin uh-huh. Sukat, I guess is the way you would pronounce that. Oh, there you go. S-U-C-C-A-T. Wow, okay. And actually became a saint. There's a lot of myths and legends that go on about him and Ireland and everything. So, yeah, yeah, he... He is the paint. He's also the patron saint of an, uh, a bunch of other things too. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> it is believed that as an as a, a missionary in mm-hmm. Ireland, um, his his missionary work resulted in the conversion of about one hundred and thirty five thousand people, mm-hmm. the establishment of three hundred churches, and he consecrated three hundred and fifty bishops. Yes, I think he was a missionary for what thirty years or something, something like something that. Like that mm-hmm. So, and do you know what day he died? He died on St. Patrick's Day. Yes, I thought that was interesting that we celebrate the day of his death instead of the day of his birth. Do you know what else? Do you know the year, though? Uh, uh, no. 461. 461. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know the other thing that I always remember about St. Patrick's Day, and this is strange because I don't know any other ones, but I know that today is my grandmother's birthday. <laughs> I always remember that on my father's side. It's the only it's the only one that I remember, and it's because it's it's on a holiday. But yes, today I'm not sure how she old she would have been today. Do you know Jimbo? Ninety six. Grandma would have been, oh, been ninety six today. So that's pretty much all I know about St. Patrick's Day. Except all right. Well, enlighten me a little the, bit They more. turned the river, uh, the little river green in Chicago. That's I know right. that. That's right. That was on the news. And, and it, that's it. it is a national holiday in Ireland, and many folks have the day off and work, and they celebrate with worship and family gatherings. The first St. Patrick's Day was celebrated here in the Estates, was celebrated in New York on March 17, 1762, with a parade in New York City. There you go. And today, people celebrate by wearing their green, which represents the Irish culture, but it also represents the beginning of spring. Oh, okay. And St. Patrick is also believed to have introduced alcohol to Ireland, hence the use of no green beer to celebrate. I, I was wondering was when you were going to get to the beer. Yes, yes. <laughs> So all those St. Patrick taught aspects of Catholic theology that would meet with strong disagreement by many today. Okay. 
the fact that um, that the man's dedication to proclaiming the gospel of 1,600 years ago resulted in tens of thousands of people finding faith in Jesus Christ warrants an annual celebration. Yep. Well, Derek, before you're totally overwhelmed with my wealth of knowledge, <laughs> you are a fountain. I found all of this right on Google. GotQuestions.org. <laughs> oh, so, there you go, GotQuestions.org. So, if any go. of our listeners would like to delve a little deeper into the life of St. Patrick, they'll find some little bit more information there, and I'm sure there's places all over the internet where you can learn. Oh, absolutely. Considerable. Absolutely. Facts about St. Patrick. Oh yeah, and you know it's a big holiday for. I mean, I mean, in oh, like wow. in Chicago and mm-hmm. and and around that, it's big. You know, any of the Irish pockets is oh, just. Oh yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure well, they have a big deal up in Colorado Springs on Saturday. I think. Oh, I don't know. They might they have. Did, I'm yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Obviously, over in Boston and mm-hmm. and and all of that. So I have on my Notre Dame Fighting Irish hat today. <laughs> so. Well, this, this talk about Ireland and, and the Irish and St. Patrick's Day brings us to the introduction of today's guest. Yes, before we do that, though, you want to remind everybody about uh, your oh, website, where they can find you. Yeah, gotta 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 plug you. So, you know, so. don't want to go through the whole I thing. Yeah, so. yeah. My website is www.pattysheen.com. Mm-hmm. If you're watching the slideshow, you'll mm-hmm. see it up there on the screen. Yep. And I also have a Facebook page. Yes. I can be found at Literally Speaking. Literally Speaking. That's my author's Facebook That's page. That's exactly right. And I also have a Twitter account, and my Twitter yep. account is at Patty Sheen. That that's the handle. So, and from and from talking uh with our guest before we went on air, I understand there's a little bit of Irish in there as well. So yes. so it all see it's all this is all ties together, doesn't it? <laughs> sure does. Sure <laughs> does. So love to connect with folks. We'd love to have you Facebook me or Facebook friend me or mm-hmm. Twitter follow me or <laughs> stop by the website. Stop by the website also. I have three blogs over there and I my main purpose in having a website is to promote other authors, mm-hmm. authors of all ages. So would love to have you come visit and leave me a comment. Let me know you were there. Well, now let's get to talking about yes. our, our guest, guest this morning. Yeah. Author Elizabeth Ludwig's work has been featured on Novel Rocket, the Christian Authors Network, and the Christian Pulse. She teaches and speaks at writers' conferences and seminars about various aspects of the writing craft. In addition to other novels written with collaborating author Janelle Mowry, Elizabeth created the three-book Irish historical romantic Edge of Freedom series. The first two books, No Safe Harbor and Dark Road Home, have earned her four stars from the Romantic Times Book Review. That's very impressive. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Yeah. And the third book, Tide and Tempest, has earned top honors with four and a half stars. Welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) We're really excited to have you here, Elizabeth. Before you even get get started, though, I've got to ask, because she said she uh, either either her husband or something was originally from from up there in Michigan, and that's that's a little bit around Chicago. Elizabeth, are you a big St. Patrick's Day uh, observer? Well, you know, I work for a public school, and so, oh, okay. yes, we have to, you know, the kids get really get into the whole wearing green thing and, and four-leaf clovers and all of that. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, just out of curiosity, are you a teacher there? I yeah. am the, no, actually, I am the superintendent secretary um, oh. for, for a public school here in Texas. And, you know, I kind of have to laugh. People ask me all the time, when do you write? Well, you know, I, I try and find time between usually around 9 and midnight. So, <laughs> Are you the type of person that scratches out sentences on the napkin when you're in the coffee shop? <laughs> well, you know, that is funny because I, I actually do have to do that. when I When an idea strikes... It used to be I never worried about forgetting something that had struck me during the middle of the day or, or, you know, anything like that. Well, I've gotten to be of a certain age where I need to write things down or I start forgetting what it was that I wanted to remember. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth, 
just an overview of your historical series. I read the first book and I absolutely loved it. I wish I had had a chance to read the other two before the show, but I just didn't get the time. But do do give us an overview of your series. Oh, I would love to. You know, I got the idea for this series several years ago. Um, I was talking with my agent, and we were discussing, you know, I had written some cozy mysteries and enjoyed that. I'd also written a historical romance, and I enjoyed that. But I had gotten to a point where I, I really was at a crossroads trying to decide what project I wanted to tackle next. And I had been brainstorming this idea about an uh, immigrant family traveling to America uh, via Ellis Island. And um, he said, well, you know, uh, Irish stories are pretty popular right now. Why why don't you think about maybe putting something together that has an Irish spin on it? And, you know, from that point... I needed to. I realized I needed to learn as much as I could about Irish history, and that's kind of just one of my little quirks. I when I I write historical fiction, and historical fiction books are uh, uh, um, fans are pretty savvy, and they're going to know if you haven't done your research. And so I spent several months, actually, probably about six or seven months, just trying to learn as much as I could about um, Ireland's history. And I started with one question. You know, in my mind, the big question was, why is Ireland divided? And that was, I Googled that, and I came up with all kinds of information, of course, you know. But one word kept jumping out at me, and it was Fenian. And I thought, okay, who were the Fenians? How did they start? Where did they come from? What were they trying to achieve? And so from that point, I knew that my story was going to revolve around the Fenian movement and how it impacted America. And um, it was just so much fun putting together a story about characters who, you know, who loved the God, who loved their country, but who were driven out. And um, and it made me kind of want to stop and think about my own family. You know, I, I shared with you, uh, Patty, that my, my husband's family is part Irish. They're from um, Germany. They're from Ireland. Uh, my mother-in-law was was. Um, was from Holland. Her family was from Holland, and so you know they had. A, we've had a lot of um, history in our own family of people who crossed the ocean in search of something. You know, and I thought, well, what were they looking for? What did they hope to find in America? And uh, I think the answer was the same as you know what I instilled in my characters was that search for freedom and that search for religious freedom. And uh, a hope, you know, they were they were after hope. And so uh, when I came up with the idea for this story, it was about, it started with Kara. She was the main focus. And uh, she was in search of a brother that she thought was dead. For two years had thought that uh, he was killed in, um, in an Irish uprising. And only to discover that he was alive that he had fled to America, and she sets off in search of him. He's the only family she has left, and and that's what drives her to leave everything she's known in Ireland and and set off in search of him. And from that point on, it was all about um, what she discovers when she gets here. You know, it was from not only in her personal life, but the Fenian movement and how that translated to America. And it was just so much fun to write, but I have to tell you, when I first started on this series, it was only going to be two books. I sat, oh, I sat down, I wrote out the synopsis, I wrote out, I plotted out the storyline, and I sent the idea to my um, to my agent, my publisher, and they liked it, and they said, you know, we we, we like this idea, we think it's really going to do well, but can you make it a three book series? Well, what are you going to say if your publisher wants a third <laughs> really? book? What are you going to say? <laughs> I said, absolutely, of course I can do that. I had no idea what the third book was going to be about, but I said yes. And then, you know, I kind of had to change things up a little bit, but I'll I'll tell you what, that third book was the absolute most fun to write, and I think it was because everything about it was a surprise to me. I didn't have it plotted out. I didn't have it, yeah, I didn't have it completely organized in my head, and I think I really had to rely on God to lead me through that third book, and it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that that lays open a question for you, Elizabeth, as far as your your writing style. Are you a a plotter or a pantser? And for people who are not familiar with the writing terminology, excuse me, a plotter is someone who sits down and actually writes out an outline Mm -hmm. of everything, all their characters and what they're like and everything that's going to happen in the story, and they have it all outlined out, and then they just write the story. A pantser is someone who more or less... Flies by the flies seat of their by pants. by the seat of their yeah. pants, exactly, mm-hmm. and lets the story develop as the words go on paper. So which are you, Elizabeth? Well, I confess, when I first started writing, I was a seat of the pantser. I wanted to sit down <laughs> at my computer and just let the story take me away. <laughs> well, when you have deadlines, you know, that's kind of, that becomes a little bit um, more intimidating and uh, my first contract was for a series of cozy mysteries now cozies are a whole different animal because you have all of these false leads these red herrings that are intrinsic to the storyline and so I start out you know with a chart of all of the uh, possible suspects and how they are related to the mystery and each one of those is a separate storyline well when you wind up at the end of your story, all of those storylines have to be neatly tied up. And uh, it was difficult to do that if you're writing by the seat of your pants. I remember with my first book, I had a character who in Chapter 3 goes out for donuts and doesn't come back until Chapter 26. (laughs) I can't can't let that happen. So from that point on, I became a very diligent um, plotter where I will write out all of my my timeline, all of my different individual storylines, all of how you know how the characters are tied to the main plot, and that seemed to work well for the cozies. and And I became so accustomed to doing that that when I went back to writing historicals, it just seemed natural to do it that way. And I'll tell you, I don't suffer from writer's block the way I used to. When I have a very detailed timeline, mm-hmm. um and I know where the story is going from start to finish, it really does help me avoid some of those pitfalls that writers talk about where, you know, they've written themselves into a corner and don't know where to go with the story after that. Um, Which becomes very important. When you have deadlines and you have obligations and responsibilities, uh, along with not just turning in the manuscript but marketing um, obligations and promotional uh, responsibilities, you know, it becomes important to be pretty disciplined with that, and and plotting helps me do that. People ask me, well, doesn't that kind of take away from the creativity? And I I don't think so. Um, For me, the creativity is when I'm sitting down um, plotting out that story idea in the beginning. The actual writing of it uh, involves uh, a little more discipline, where I need to faithfully meet my word count and, and, you know, be diligent in the same way that I am at work. I need to look at my writing as, you know, this is my job and I need to be uh, faithful and responsible to the obligation that I made to my publisher. So uh, so I think it helps me to be a plotter. I, I enjoy that um, that knowledge of, uh, you know, the, I see the overall story before I even sit down to write the first word. And, and I think that frees me up a little bit uh, from the pressure of meeting deadlines. Well, I have to admit, I, I've been working on three what we call WIPs, works in progress, mm-hmm. novel-length works for <laughs> way too long. Do you know that to- I, Tolkien I, was a pantser? Was he? He was. He would sit down and write, and he'd just come up with the story as he as he was typing it, and if it didn't follow along the way, he'd rip it out, and he'd start all over again. <laughs> and and, uh, and so the publisher would just go, go nuts. One of the things that... Uh, uh, I wanted to see if we could do is to make sure that we get uh, uh, an idea where we can find Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, I, 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 I was creeping your Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, but that's I went, okay. I, I went to your to your website, and if I understand it right, both sites, ElizabethLudwig.net and ElizabethLudwig.com, will both get you to the same page you have a redirect from .com to your to your elizabethludwig.net is that correct that is correct and that was just one of those things early on uh one of the things that i was 
told in a marketing workshop was to buy up all of the domains that have my name in it so that, you know, you know, so that um, uh, anyone with a similar who was looking for a similar domain and maybe was doing something different than what I was doing, that those wouldn't be available. And I have a funny story about that. I was speaking at a conference and uh, I had a, a sweet woman come up to me and tell me she just was so excited and she starts talking about my books and how much she just loves my books. And as she's talking, of course, I'm feeling very flattered, but as she's talking, I'm starting to wonder if she if, if they're my books, if she really has the right person. And and finally I'm trying to figure out a subtle way to ask, you know, and finally I say that sounds so interesting. Um, which one of my books did you like the most? And she names one, and sure enough, it's not mine. And I say to her, okay, at, at this point I'm thinking, we're both going to be embarrassed if I tell her <laughs> that that is not my book. So I just smiled, shook her hand, wished her well, and then went home and researched who wrote that book. Well, her name is Ashley Elizabeth Ludwig. It's just oh. a plug for Ashley. If you're listening this morning, someone out there just loves your books. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Elizabeth, we're going to break here in, in just a few minutes, but I also wanted to bring up that on pattysheen.com, mm-hmm. underneath mm-hmm. the Blog Talk Radio tab, I have a, a page that is called, I believe I called it Websites and Social Media Information uh-huh. or some such like that, and, mm-hmm. and it's for all of our folks who have guested on the show. And Elizabeth, I have your information on there already. It's it's links to your website, to your mm-hmm. Facebook pages. You have an author page and a personal page, a link to your Twitter, I believe, and also a link to your Amazon author page. Ah, she's plugged in. So, yeah, yeah. So if, I know I know how it is with, ris- yeah. with listeners. You listen to the show and you think, oh, I've got to write that down, and you yeah. don't. And then a couple of days later you're thinking, man, I sure wish I could remember yeah. how to connect with such and such. So that's why I have set up that page so that folks can go back and they can find our guests. We've only got a few minutes left before the commercial, but I've got to ask this. I sit here and I learn things, and you probably know, (laughs) Pat, but I've got to ask Elizabeth, and we've only got just a couple minutes before we go to break. What is a cozy mystery? I don't, don't, I'm not familiar with that term. Just I don't write them. We have about a minute and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, I give you a quick example. If you break on that. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, a quick example, if you remember, Angela Lansbury had a television show called Murder, She Wrote. Oh, sure. Do you remember sure. that old series? Mm-hmm. That was a cozy mystery, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about the uh, specifics of it, but for, but basically it is a amateur detective. Um, it's a little less intense than what you would say a suspense or a thriller. It's more of a whodunit kind of thing where the reader has an opportunity to solve the crime right along with the author. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. and you don't see a lot of the quote unquote blood and guts that you tend yeah. to see in, in some of your exactly. suspense exactly. mysteries. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. I just wanted to I wanted to get that in before we went to commercial break because she had mentioned that, and I thought, yes. I, thought well, I wonder what that cozy mystery is. So. Yeah. yeah. always comes yeah. up with a good question at least once during the show. <laughs> at least once. Okay, I'm done. That's it. I'm finished. That was my one right well. there. <laughs> when, when we return from break, we will announce the winner of our. That's right. Giveaway from last week, and then a few minutes further into the show, we will announce our giveaway for this week. And we will be right back. Right back. (laughs) Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled. And that has made all the difference. The Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. Derek and George Live. Becoming Christlike. Salo and Hutch. All stops on the road. The road of enlightenment. The road 
of discovery. Join us each Thursday and Friday morning at 8 a.m. Mountain Time and Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Mountain Time as we invite you to join us on a journey, a journey on the road less traveled. Right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you watch a game, it's fun. If you play it, it's recreation. But if you work at it, it's golf. A golf course should aspire to generate as much energy as it consumes. And four miles north of Marion, Indiana, is a golf course that does just that. 6,690 yards of pure energy. Arbor Trace Golf Club is a course that's beauty is matched only by its bite. A course that can test not only the steel of one's nerves, but the metal of their irons. It's a course for the beginner who desires to learn the game as well as the player who is ready to challenge it. So whether you're looking to play just for the fun of the game or the opportunity to work hard on it, Arbor Trace Golf Club is the course for you. Give Arbor Trace Golf Club a shot because in golf, the most important shot you ever make is the next one. Stay connected to what matters most with high-speed service from Seacom. For the home, we offer access where you need it most. Whether you're looking for high-speed internet or an in-home voice package or both, Seacom has your house covered. Send emails, download music, and surf the web with the fastest service in southeast Colorado. Our two-way wireless connections offer download speeds of up to 15 megabytes, but with a fiber connection, the sky is the limit. For the business, Seacom offers voice plans, broadband internet, BSL, and Ethernet circuits. Our fully integrated Metro Ethernet platform segregates your data traffic logically at the switch, avoiding the latency of multiple routers and quality of service overhead. With only a single router between you and our nationwide backbone carriers, you really will experience the Internet at the speed of light. We also offer point-to-point data links to connect all of your business locations. And if you're looking for carrier-grade data transport or dark fiber, look no further than Seacom's extensive privately-owned fiber network. We own and maintain our own network with more than 1,200 miles of fiber and growing throughout southeast Colorado. So whether you're looking for dark fiber, for cable, a dedicated corporate network, or carrier-grade data transport. Seacom has the answers. Visit us at seacom.net or call us at 1-800-657-7149. Seacom, world-class communications right in your backyard. Hello to all of Derek's listeners. Thanks, Derek, for giving me time to share my heart's passion, encouraging cancer, long-term illness patients, and their families. Gilead is an outreach that encourages over 2,400 people in 38 states. Our goal is to bring hope and help to those on the journey through the unknowns of treatment, family stress, and spiritual questions. One such story is Eric, whose senior year in high school was interrupted by the cancer that he was diagnosed with, interrupting a three-sport high school year. It changed his life and his perspective. Today, Eric's family oversees a foundation helping to find a cure. We're currently in our 15th year. would love to have you as a partner, either as a volunteer or a gift financially. Look for us on Facebook at Gilead Ministries. Welcome back to this week with Patty Sheen on Blog Talk Radio. Glad to have you right back here with us. I'm literally speaking here on Blog Talk Radio. And the Road Less Traveled Internet Ministries. Today, our guest speaker is Elizabeth Ludwig, and we are talking about, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, her three-book Irish historical mystery series. But first, as we always do, yes. we return from break. Yes, we, we announce a, a winner, winner, and it's not me, and so... It's not you. Just so get past no, yes, it. Exactly. <laughs> the winner of our... Giveaway from last week mm-hmm. is Paula Shane. Paula Shane, and I can't remember what did Paula win. Paula won last week. Our guest was Eddie Melson. That's right. And that's right. Edie, I'm sorry. Edie, Edie, Edie Melson. Melson. Yeah. 
apologies to Edie if she's listening. And we, she was very generous in offering two a choice of two books. One was her book Connections, mm-hmm. and it's called. Let's see if I can remember the subtitle. It is Social Media and Networking Techniques for Writers. Oh, very good. The other book, Edie has a heart for military families, and right. she explains uh, yeah. to us why on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, another book that she has written is entitled Fighting Fear, mm-hmm. Winning the War at, at home. home When Your Soldier mm-hmm. Goes Into Battle. It goes I into battle, the yeah. name of the subtitle yeah. on that. So Paula has a choice of either one of those two books. Paula happens to be the librarian at our library, Oh, cool. Down in our town. And cool. Actually, I, I have a feeling that she will probably choose one and purchase the other mm-hmm. for the library because for I can talk to her about both. That would be, that'd be great. Yes. So, so congratulations, congr- Paula. Congratulations, Paula. And see, I said that with all, you know, all the fervor <laughs> that I could muster since I once again did not win. But, hey, keep trying. Well, actually, I have a little secret for you. Derek. I came in second. You didn't even enter. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I'll have well, to start sending what's out... to say? You can't win if you don't play. That's right. I have, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to start sending you an email to remind, to remind you me. to enter the giveaway. That's right. So we'll be talking about the giveaway later here uh, for uh, for the next uh, the next giveaway, right? That's right. We okay. will have been about... 10 minutes or so, 10, okay. 15 minutes, we will be talking about our giveaway for this week. In the meantime, let's get back to our guest. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, you were talking with us about the meaning of a cozy mystery. Can you mm-hmm. expand on that a little further? Yes, I'd love to. A cozy mystery is different from a suspense in that um, there are clues embedded into the story that are uh, supposed to help the reader have an opportunity to solve um, the mystery. For example, in a suspense, oftentimes you know who the bad guy is. In my historical romantic suspense, The Edge of Freedom series, you knew all along who the bad guy was. And that was part of the inherent danger of the story was um, the reader knowing something that the characters don't. In a cozy mystery, you are... um, it's almost more like role-playing, where you are only privy to the the knowledge that the characters have. Now, you have all of the same information. You have all of the clues. You have all of the backstory, all of the information available to you okay. that the characters have. And so, um, you know, you're trying, along with the characters, to figure out who done it. A good example of that is a new series on, I mentioned Angela Lansbury's series, mm-hmm. Murder, She Wrote. But another more recent example is the television series. He's Monk. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. You you know, and he's kind of a quirky character in that he's he's OCD and he has to you know, he's just got this compulsiveness that he has to do these certain things and he's obsessively clean and all those funny little quirky things. That's another thing that is um, typical in a cozy mystery. There's usually some humor involved. There's a lot of the characters have some quirky habits um, and and like I said, they're always amateur sleuths and it's just kind of a fun, lighthearted. It's a little more um, more of like a Sunday afternoon read than, you know, late Friday night thriller. There you go. Is one harder to write than the other? Well, for me, the mysteries were harder simply because I had to keep all of those clues um, in Uh. mind. And at the end of the story, I had to be careful that I had wrapped up all the loose ends. Everything has to be tied up at the end. And when I give the reader a, a clue to follow. I have to follow that through by the end of the book. I have to be careful to follow it through to the end. And that's really, like I said, why I became such a detailed plotter was because it was hard for me to go back and remember all of those false leads that I had started. Um, they have to They have to finally, ultimately lead somewhere or the reader feels like there were some loose ends that didn't get tied up. That's not a good feeling. You know, you want your reader to feel like mm-hmm. all of the information that you gave them, that it served a purpose. And uh, that it all the comes together at the end. Shop. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say that like it was a one-time thing, but that has happened to me more than once. So I'm careful now to, to spot in all those details. <laughs> Oh gosh! I gotta bring him back. <laughs> Reminds 
now, you know, and, and not that any either one is more enjoyable than the other. I love writing suspense, you know, and I'm a big movie buff, too. So a lot of times my examples are from movies. But I don't know if you remember um, uh, Tom Cruise's movie Mission Impossible 3. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it starts out, you know, he's in this horrible situation. His wife is, is, is they're both tied up and they're sitting across from each other. And you think he watches his wife die. And then right. all of a sudden there's a break and the movie goes back and starts, mm-hmm. you know, a few days or a few hours leads back up to that moment. I mean, I don't think I took a breath for an hour and a half. I was <laughs> at the edge of my seat, yeah. you know, wondering what was going to happen. And that's, it, suspense is fun to write for me. I love the um, the action of it. I love the um, just the the heart pounding, you know, adrenaline rush of it. Sure. And um, so when I start, when I write historical, see, and that's why I always add a little bit of suspense to my historicals. I love historicals and I love reading them, but I kind of got to the point where I was feeling like everything I was reading was very, very similar, and I wanted to do something that was different. You know, there's not a lot of historical romantic suspense out there. What Mm. you see in romantic suspense is is typically contemporary. And so I thought, when I sat down to talk with my agent and my publisher about this series, I thought, wouldn't it be fun if we took that same kind of of edge-of-your-seat, you know, suspense and and drama and and plopped it into a historical wouldn't that be fun and luckily they agreed with me so you know here we here the edge of freedom series was born Mm. that's when it's fun for a writer when you come up with something that's a little bit different kind of out of the box Mm -hmm. and your publisher Mm. likes it too that makes it extra special (laughs) right and they have been so supportive you know bethany house had never done historical romantic suspense before and so I was, I was a little nervous about that because I thought, you know, boy, there. I hope that there is a market for these books. I hope that there are other readers out there like me who love historical romance, but maybe who are hungry for a little bit more than just the typical sweet romance. And so um, I, I was really thankful for the opportunity to, to write this series. Well, what I enjoyed about your book, without giving too much away, I hope, of the story I kind in in past books that I have read where where you have an immigrant that comes over to the to the United States usually they end up working as a nanny or a governess mm-hmm. to somebody and mm-hmm. and for Kara it was a little bit different and you put her in a different kind of a job too than than you would typically expect in historical so I really enjoyed that and we were mm-hmm. talking on the break Elizabeth I I just love the name of your of your of Kara's brother, which I pronounced as Egan. It's spelled E-O-G-H-A-N. Go ahead and tell me the way I was supposed to be pronouncing it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not alone. Let me first say a lot of readers have contacted me and asked me how to pronounce his name. It's actually Owen. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was fearful for a time. My publisher... um, had asked me about about his name, and, and I was fearful for a time that they were going to make me change it. Now, here's the thing. Um, publishers don't like um, names or, or terms that make the reader have to work. And, you know, they, they sometimes are kind of leery about that. And so I was worried, especially for the hero, they wanted something that the reader was going to be able to pronounce without difficulty. And I thought, you know, okay, if I didn't know that it was pronounced Owen, there's nothing wrong with the reader in their mind. They're going to, (laughs) in their head, they're going to come up with a way to pronounce it. And like, you know, Patty with Egan, that that was fine. I, I, and fortunately (laughs) they didn't make me change it because by that point I really had fallen in love with the name Owen and with that character. And I thought, well, he just, can't have another name. He's Owen in my head. He's Owen, <laughs> exactly. and anything else is not going to work. So thankfully, they let me keep it. Mm-hmm. An, an interesting point for me that I'll share with you and and our listeners, Elizabeth, is that in in my one of my works in progress, I have an Irish gentleman. I'm, I'm writing a historical 19th century mm-hmm. type story, Western type story, and I have an Irish gentleman who was. 
what was his name before I changed it? It was Corey O'Connor. Mm-hmm. He, he, it wasn't working. It was not working. It just wasn't. It was and finally, why? Why? What? what it, it just he just what? wouldn't do what I want him to, wanted him to do. He just didn't. <laughs> He's have your character. This. Make him do what you want. Well, no, you don't do that, huh, Elizabeth? But anyway, it's not. It's when, like naming your kids, you know, and you know right. when the well, name then, When he became Adam Murphy. It all fit together. And I know for a, a not writer, you just don't get it. But Elizabeth, you get what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm serious. I, I still have some old copies of that manuscript way back with Corey O'Connor. It's like, this is awful. It was just weird. So now he's Adam Murphy, and he's doing what I want him to do. So That's, that's it. it. Really, I'm going to write you a big, joke. giant book. On, I'm just going to write a big book right now on the life of Corey O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> he can't be my nineteenth yeah. century character. He just can't. So I joke about it being like naming your kids, but it really is. I mean I yeah. I wrestle with those names until I find the the one that, that fits perfectly, you know, and because mm-hmm. your name the mm-hmm. name is kind of um indicative of their character. Of right. their um, just everything that they're that 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 you want that character to be. So I completely understand, Patty. I know what you're <laughs> saying you. when you say he wasn't behaving. I get it. Do you ever jot down a name, thinking you're going to use it for future? I do. Work? I do. I do that too. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. When I find something that just has a a nice ring in my ear mm-hmm. or on my tongue. I will write it down, and uh, and sometimes I'll go back and look through my list. Um, but a lot of times it's just, you know, I'll start with a picture in my head of what the character looks like. And uh, and I like to go online and actually look for um, actors, possibly, who fit my characters. That's one of my boards on my Pinterest page. We were talking about social media a little bit ago. I just started and, Pinterest. Yes, and I do have a Pinterest uh, Pinterest board that, uh, that's it's titled Actors Who Fit My Characters. And, uh, and by the way, I opened that board up to any readers who want to pin pictures, you know, maybe what they <laughs> thought Owen or Egan looked like, you know, so people readers are welcome to to add pins uh to that board um on what they thought the characters should look like um but that's usually where i start is with kind of a visual in my head of what the characters look like and then i start searching baby name books and baby name oh. websites and you know things like that for things that for a name that fits i don't struggle so much with secondary characters unless they pay a play a really big role in the book right. for example with um with my bad guy the kelp you know i wanted to, him to have this mysterious title that that kind of fit that shadowy overlord kind of Sure. image that I was trying to create, you know. Um and the same thing with um with some of the the other secondary characters with Deidre who plays the the villainess in book 1 and with um you know just some of these secondary characters throughout the series. I wanted names that created a kind of feeling, you know, uh, especially well let's take Deidre for example. She was a a very strong woman, but a woman who had been hurt. And I wanted, when I was creating her, to kind of create a little bit of scared sympathy for her. You know, where it's like you fear her, but but you kind of sympathize with her. You know, you you understand um, the motivation behind her behind her wickedness. You know, yeah. and um, and so I feel like. Uh, her name just fit, you know. It was kind of a, a name that spoke power, but also a little bit of um, a little bit of softness there, you know, a little bit of yes. uh, yes. vulnerability to her. Yes. And well, speaking, uh, and I do that with each character. Yeah. Speaking of your characters, we we need to go to our giveaway, yes. and this is Derek's favorite part of the show, Elizabeth, it, because it he is. plays his little giveaway jingle. So we'll have to bear with that. <laughs> Come on. It's time for the okay. giveaway jingle. And then we will make the announcement. It's time so, for the giveaway jingle. You're, you're listening to Literally Speaking right here on Blog Talk Radio. Stay with us. Here we go. We're here going it, to be here doing it comes. Our... Here it comes. It's time for Let's Speak Literary Steel of the Week. Yay! 
you hate that, that. And that's it's that's growing on me. That's why I love it's, it. It's growing. Every on time me. it plays, I could just see on your face. We have to redo that. We have to redo that. I just, I just love. <laughs> that's <laughs> really impressive. Yeah, as soon as we're done with the the giveaway, though, I've got a I've got a great I've got a great question. That I'm just dying to have oh Elizabeth. Oh my goodness! To, okay, well, it's going to take okay. up the rest of the show, Elizabeth. Oh, I'm sorry. So we I'm get sorry. To the Let's get to the giveaway. That's right. Let's give away some books here. Elizabeth has very graciously offered to give away all three of the books in her Edge of Freedom series, which is includes No Safe Harbor, mm-hmm. book one. Dark, yep. Dark Road Home, book two, and Tide and Tempest, Tide. book three. From the Remember edge of exciting ed- sounding article uh, uh, titles. Articles, and titles. We're recording on YouTube, and, and the screen that we have on YouTube has all of them, all three of, all the three of them here. side by side, right yes. there. And man, yes. those are some fancy looking covers. I got to tell you, Elizabeth, <laughs> those are those look good. Thank you. Now we need to tell folks how they can go about winning yes. these books. How do they win? Hey, go to my website at pattysheen.com. Mm-hmm. Go to the Blog Talk Radio tab, and you will find a page. If I would put it to active, you'll find a page. I don't yeah. even have it active right yet. And it says it giveaway. Says, uh, is actually, it, yeah. it says Elizabeth Ludwig. Ooh, okay, Elizabeth Ludwig giveaway. Yeah, so there is no question as to... What you're winning there, or what you're trying to win, or who you're, (laughs) yeah, whose book you're getting, or anything. So it's pretty clear. And so you you click on that, and then click on that, and then you will see at the bottom of the page you'll see a little thing that says a little button, I guess you Mm -hmm. will, that says Mm -hmm. add comment, Mm -hmm. and you go ahead and you add a comment, and. That's all you have to do, and you can put anything in that comment. Like I want, I want the books. I Edge of Freedom I'm series here. for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it. yeah. It doesn't matter. Any of those things, okay. and then you got to put in your, you have to put in your email address. You have to so. put. There's three things that you have mm-hmm. to put in. Actually, you mm-hmm. have to put in your name, mm-hmm. and you can even put your, just your first name if you want to. You have to put in your location, and that can be very generic. You can say United States. U.S., whatever. Mm-hmm. And the email address is something I do need, however, because, of course, it's the only way that I can know how to notify a, a winner. Uh, please be aware, and I reemphasize this every week, that yes. I don't scam your email. I don't even save your email. Once that giveaway is over, I even erase all the comments. I just save the person's email who won, notify them, and then I delete their email as well. So. And the winner is chosen by random.org. The winner is chosen by random.org. That is noted right there on the side of the of the page. Yes. So please do enter this giveaway. Yes. Once again, they, I, I can't speak for the other two books, but if they're anything like the first book, they're fantastic because I just enjoyed every moment. I of think my mom's going to enter on this one again oh, good, because good. I think these, I think these are these are her kind of books right here, oh, boy. She, she would love it. she'd sit down and probably <laughs> wouldn't even she wouldn't even close her eyes till she had all three of them done. I mean, that's that's the way that it is. Actually, so. the reason, Elizabeth, that I cannot, I have to keep the page hidden until the actual giveaway is because uh-huh. my my I, blog talk radio partner here, Derek, he cheats and cheat. he goes in and he enters before <laughs> I even announce it. And so. it doesn't help, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, see, that, 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 Jimbo's trying to enter her already. That's that, that, that's it. If, so. if, if he realizes that by, by cheating, you know, he's always number one, and what are the chances that random.org I is know it. pick number one? I know it. You know, but yeah, get that one out. That's it. Can I ask a question? Oh, my gosh. I'm so interested in this because you guys, you were talking about names, okay? And and the names got to fit because because the because characters the got to be he's got to behave and everything. Elizabeth, I'm curious as you as you're writing these books and you're picking out these names and and you're getting these characters to behave like they do. Mm-hmm. Do you ever <laughs> do you ever um, assign or come up with their voice? That's I do that sometimes. I do that all the time when I read, and usually I I put a famous person's voice with it as as I'm reading. <laughs> do you do that as a writer? Does does this character do, do your characters have a certain voice? 
Well, I'll tell you, these characters definitely did because they spoke to me with an Irish accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd never a good writer to get that bet. across. Yes. You bet. Yeah, I never. Um, you know, I guess I've never thought about assigning an actor's voice to it. They just kind of. They are who they are. I hear them, and this is gonna. This is where it starts to get weird. My <laughs> husband. I was trying to explain this to my husband the other day, and he just sat there looking at me with this blank look on his this face. And when I got done, he said, "Please don't tell anybody that." <laughs> but I will listen. In our head when we're writing. Yes. yes, yes, I hear them. It's like I, what I was trying to get across is it's like I'm watching a a movie in my head, and mm-hmm. when I'm writing a scene, I am. Basically, all I'm doing is writing down what I see happening in my head, and I hear the characters talking to one another, and it's moving like a, like a, like a play across a stage in my head, and um, and so yes, I hear them. I, I'd never thought about assigning voices to them, and I think it's because it's more like I am the observer to who these characters mm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, an interesting. Funny thing, I was um, privileged with this series to um, to have the audio rights bought by uh, uh, Oasis Audio, and mm. they did the CD version of these books. So these books are available on tape, and I received a copy of that first book. Um, and I, I right away, the first thing I did was, you know, I popped that CD in, and I'm listening to my words. And mm-hmm. when that character spoke, when Kara, I heard Kara's voice for the first time in my car speakers, I actually had to pull over because I was crying so hard. It oh, was the voice yeah. in my I, head. It yeah, was exactly the voice in my head. It was just the neatest thing. It was so. It was like all of a sudden, she was a real person, and it was so much fun. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, that, that's I that's that really quite an experience. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and you were mentioning the covers a second ago. Mm-hmm. You know, Bethany House has done such a wonderful job with these covers and conveying. Um, there's a there. The covers are darker than your typical historical romance usually has. Uh, a very light cover with uh, the heroine on the front and a beautiful dress and all of those things mm-hmm. that people associate with historical romance. With these books. You know, they, they tended toward a little darker cover, a little more mysterious in the background. You know, the the, the the character's face is forefront, but in the background, they did a really great job of creating like this this aura of mystery. And mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, I agree, definitely. Derek. I, I think they did just such a wonderful job with the covers. Oh, I just yeah. love them. They're, they're just beautiful. They, they Thank really you. Are. I, Mm-hmm. I do love them. And uh, the third book, you'll notice, you know, they have the the female lead characters on the first two books, No mm-hmm. Safe Harbor and Dark Road Home. Well, book three, they chose to go with a male model on the front, and which is unusual. You don't see a lot of historical very romance, very seldom, mm-hmm. with a man on the cover. And when I saw it, I was just so thrilled. You know, Kendrick, like I said, that third book, that third book, was never supposed to be written. I never had any intention of adding a third book, but but as that story developed, and um, Tilly, the the heroine of book three, and Kendrick Morgan, the hero, they were so, um, they were just so powerful in the regret that they carry and the. Um, the emotion that they bring to that story. It was just so much fun to write. And when I saw that cover, I was just thrilled because I knew it was going to resonate with readers. When they saw that that male character, I, I just knew it was going to be a hit. And I've had so many people comment on, on how much they love that cover. So thank yeah. you to Bethany House for the great job they do. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Elizabeth, our time is running out really it fast. It is. We've only got just like five minutes yeah. left. <laughs> uh, what I wanted to ask you, do do the same char- characters follow through in the other two books? They do. They have okay. just, they're mm-hmm. kind of like um, background figures. I do reintroduce them in each one of the stories kind of to okay. give the, the readers a little glimpse of what's happening since their story ended. But they do all kind of come back at the end and, and it all ties together nicely. Well, I figured it probably did. Yeah. Now, I saw the first story as the main theme to me. Mm-hmm. Was forgiveness, yes, mm-hmm. 
And what theme did you follow through with in the other two? Um, That theme was so powerful to me. I felt like, um, as a church, we have forgotten what it means to really... um, to give grace and to give forgiveness mm-hmm. to one another and to allow um, into that. other yeah. people to, yeah. to mess up, you know, and to make mistakes. Yeah. With the third book, Tilly's Story, it was more about not forgiving others but learning to forgive yourself. You know, Tilly made some mistakes, yeah. and I kind of allude to that a little bit in book one. You know from book one that she um, left Ireland, that she came to America as a single unwed mother, um, that she's pregnant when she gets to New York City and that she ends up losing the child. Mm. Um, but you don't know more yeah. than that until I, I started telling her story. And you know what's funny? The Lord just has such a powerful way of working in our lives. And um, my husband and I, several years ago, over 20-some years ago, my husband and I lost a child. Mm. And when oh, I Sorry, started I with Tilly's story, I really was kind of resistant to the idea of, you know, rehashing those feelings. And I, sure. I really kind of wrestled with the Lord over it. And he, he kept insisting, no, this is a story that I want you to tell. This is what I want you to, to do with this character. I want you to tell people that it's okay to forgive yourself over things. You know, just they, I sure. felt like it was something people needed to hear. And yeah. so with all of these books... I wanted to convey the idea that there is forgiveness in Christ, whether it's someone you need to forgive or if you just need to forgive yourself, there is forgiveness in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's fantastic. We, we want to make sure we've only got a few minutes left here, but we want to make, we sure, want to make that, sure that, that our readers know again how to connect with you, Elizabeth. Yeah, ElizabethLudwig.com uh, or right. ElizabethLudwig.net or just go to PattySheen.com. Exactly. Yeah. And go to that um Websites, and, yeah, and go that? websites and social media. Or so. It's under the Blog Talk Radio tab. You can't yeah. miss it. Yeah, just click the and, Blog Talk uh, Radio tab and and, and I, get just, to all those books. Yeah. So Elizabeth, it is. Oh, it's been so uh, fun. It's so wonderful to have you yes. with us, Elizabeth. I love. Thank you. To it was entirely so my fun. pleasure, and I appreciate <laughs> y'all chatting with me this morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. All happy right. You have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Thank you. God Thank you, Derek. You too. <laughs> Oh, that's that, that's that's neat. And like like you said, uh, we do want to remind everybody, pattysheen.com, go there, boom, yes, hit it, and find out all kinds of great stuff. But also, even more important, I think, once you get there, please be sure and go to that that last page under the uh, Blog Talk Radio tab because that mm-hmm. has all of our absolutely all of our connections to all mm-hmm. of our guests that have been on the show and if you've missed any shows go to the archive page they're oh, all right yeah. there that's a There's great a point listen now yep link and just mm-hmm. click on that and it'll boom it'll just take you right to whichever show you would like to listen to and we've had some wonderful wonderful we've been very blessed to have yes. outstanding guests who's I next think, ever since the show started and that brings us to next week mm-hmm. next week we have an amazing lady by the name of Halo Matzel. And Halo was a happy and healthy and contented wife and mother of three whose life took a drastic and unexpected turn when she was diagnosed with a rare tumor on the brain. Mm. Halo has written a wonderful Mm -hmm. book. We'll be talking about her book next week, but we will also, she will share with us her struggle through her her ordeal and all that she has learned from it. She's an amazing I can't wait for that one. Have, have the opportunity a, have to a connection talk with, with her. that. Oh yes, yeah. you do, yeah. Derek, and I hope so we can bring that up next week. Yeah. But she, she and I had the opportunity to visit on the phone yesterday, and she's just a delightful lady. I, I'm so excited to have her next week. So join us next Tuesday, 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. If you can't be listening at that time, like I said a few minutes ago, every mm-hmm. show is archived, and you can go back and, and listen to the shows. We're we're so blessed to have you as listeners yep. with us. Yep. And in closing, I would like to remind our listeners throughout the coming week, let your heart be open to what God is telling you through your imagination and act upon it. May God bless you. God bless. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. There is a candle in every soul Some brightly burning Some dark and cold There is a spirit who brings 
fire ignite. 